What is going down, everyone? It's time for MojoBreak.com, the hype episode 266. We're going in a little different direction on this episode. It is going to be the state of the hobby unfiltered. We're going to give you guys our opinion on the ups and the downs. Heading into 2023, what we want to see some changes of. We're going to go through manufacturers, hobby content creators, grading, social media, live commerce, lots of stuff to cover in today's show. Because, um, you know, there's a little bit of uh, uh, things dipping around here. So, uh, which I think you is, do uh, you dip? I think there's uh, some positive spin to put on that and some opportunities for you true hobbyists out there. Uh, but we got a lot of things going on here at MojoBreak.com. Stadium Club Baseball comes out on Friday as well as Absolute Football. And the one bright spot is Bowman Chrome has been on fire, uh, which you see people complaining that some of the cards are selling for too much. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's a good we, problem. To have. We, yeah, we were complaining that cards aren't selling enough a week ago, but now some of the Bowman Chrome prospects that have never taken the field are not are selling for too much. I think there was a Jackson Cherio refractor that sold Gold. for like twenty five hundred dollars. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I think it was initial I, sale. Okay, you know? I saw the initial gold to fifty sell for ten. Ten ten k. It didn't yeah. end up at ten. Wow. The, the, the gold. Yeah. Oh my god. So uh, very limited. We actually went through a lot more than we expected here at MojoBreak.com, but we have more on the horizon. Uh, six box case, uh, breaks, uh, case breaks, HTA breaks as well for your Bowman Chrome needs. And a lot of releases coming out in December. So uh, check that out. Um, is Zach Wilson done as a Jet? Whew, if you go off of Sunday's game, uh, that's probably like a hell yeah. Because Mike White looked pretty good. I'm a good. buyer right now. It looks like a lot of his cards are available from what I've been seeing from some of these buyback products have been coming out. Yeah, um, we were watching some buybacks <laughs> today, and people were like, well, they probably made this two weeks ago. Yeah, Here's another there, Zach Wilson. There was two, there was two Zach Wilsons back-to-back. -back, wow. Same case. Nice. I mean, I've seen other buyback nice. companies do things that are fun, weird, and wacky. With all the Remember the Jimmy Butlers? Yeah, actually, it looks good now. But like at that time, Jimmy Butler, that like the certified cards were like maybe maybe a twenty five dollar card. Yeah, maybe a thirty dollar card. And I think that one case had like eight of them. It's crazy buybacks are another topic <laughs> we're going to go into, because if oh, you thought that was a segue right into it, if you're going on live commerce apps, you're going to see a lot of buybacks. And, and you know, honestly, most of them are bad. Um, but uh, that's something to dive into as you know, we're at a crossroads in this hobby. Yes, the economy is down, which I think everything is being affected by that stocks. Uh, you know, interest rates on houses, uh, single cards have gone down. But I think there's something we can learn from this. I think there's something that we can discuss. We'd like to pull back the curtain here and talk about some of this stuff. So I think we're going to start with manufacturers. And I think the rumor of Panini being sold to Fanatics has put uh, been put on hold a little bit from uh, the rumors and the uh, people kind of chattering around the hobby that maybe it not might not be happening right away. So we may still be getting two years of Panini as a standalone uh, until their license is up. Um, but one thing I wanted to point out with manufacturers, I think they transitioned specifically, this is aimed at Panini, is I think we got to get away from like the T-Malls and the products that just don't have autos and parallels because they made those, and they just are not selling. So we need to get back to making things that are more limited, right? Is yeah. that what you're seeing? And 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 I, I get it, right? We we understand the point of why they're trying to put out these T-Mall type products because it's uh, uh, very um, cost-effective for them because they don't have to spend money on autographs necessarily and relics, acquiring autographs and relics. So from their perspective, they're like, okay, we can make additional skew 
possibly hopefully like you know we want to generate extra in, uh revenue but at the same time not now like when when it first when it was a first release t-mall and all these other skew extra skews yeah people were into it they're like okay these are skews or parallels i can only get in this skew i'm into that but now we are way out of the parallel era um people aren't looking for that the product the t-mall products aren't selling so at the end of the day panini has to look at that and be like okay if our our shops and our breakers and and everybody else that that we're selling these products to if they can't move it like you know i mean the and a little bit of background about Tmall is that actually product goes overseas first. So all of that you're seeing in the U.S. that's not selling yeah. is because overseas they didn't want it. Yep. Right? So those little parallel boxes, if you go into you know China and Japan, a lot of their stores are smaller. So the idea was, was to make uh, boxes that were smaller because a lot of these stores and these malls are only like 200 square feet. So having little boxes and... It was a way for them to not bank on autograph content. And, you know, like we said before on prior shows, sometimes it takes six months to a year for their plan to implement and be in mass produced. And I think they were they it was too late. Uh, we've moved on past the parallel era and uh, getting and things back. Short, it was short lived. It was. It was short lived. Um, one of the worst values when it came to one of those skews, I think there was a select lucky pack and an optic lucky pack wasn't just two cards yeah Yeah. but those were at least numbered though. yeah but those i think i think originally we were buying them for like something crazy like Like a thousand like it was like twelve hundred dollars yeah it was insane like like six hundred dollars a card what a time (laughs) what a time and this is all caught this is all cause and effect of those is that like 13 years ago now when was that (laughs) it feels like two years ago (laughs) it's like it was 18 months ago (laughs) so that was a cause and effect of the pandy uh, legitimately, because you know so what I mean. But if you would have went back and said, "Hey, like 2015, hey, we're gonna come out with a product. It's gonna be two parallels, like number to seven, and it's gonna be twelve hundred dollars." Like, one, would you have ordered them? No. You'd have been like, "Are you? You're out of your in, mind." Industry no wide, it would have been balked at. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, they would have to be like super factors, like like true super factor, like one on ones, like to even justify that, right? Yep. And, you know, I do want to talk about some of the positive things and specifically looking at 2022. And I'll flip this one to Cody, put him on the spot. What do you think some of the better innovative ideas that these manufacturers have came up with this year that have worked in the hobby? Hmm. T-Mall? T- yeah, T-Mall. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Boy, you are really putting me on the spot. Uh, what has Just worked? go with T-Mall, dude. Like something that you've ripped that you were like, you know, this is a fun product. You know what I'll say? Uh, one that took me by surprise, and it's the first one, I think, in a while that took me by surprise. And it's funny because it is kind of like a T-Mall sort of product. But it was like when we were ripping Cosmic Chrome, it's the first product in a long, long time that, or at least this year, where it felt like it gained momentum afterwards. Um Part of it being that we found out there's a lot less of it printed. Yep. So basically, what did it prove? And and of course the autos in it. There's not as many, but there. When you do get one, you know you're getting something good. Um, and yeah, and you're getting those those uh, those chase cards that are like want a box or want a case, the great case hits and stuff. So it's something that I think it's just kind of like obvious scarcity is really important in this industry it's what drives it's what's going to drive interest it's what going to it's what what's going to drive up a lot of these prices afterwards in the secondary market um and something fun and different and also a good checklist of 
I mean, yeah, we sound like maybe we sound like old guys, but good autographs. Like pulling five autographs of uh, guys that will never make it. It's like, yeah, five autos, but it's nice to be able to know you're going to buy a box and like, man, I got like a one in three chance to like get, you know, a Shohei or an Aaron Judge auto out of this. And it's going to be like a low number card or so I think that might be something that we look towards instead of buying all so many things like we like you mentioned the t-mall stuff shy away from that and more scarcity i think will make people and i agree that was actually the first thing i thought of too Uh, maybe it's because it's within the last couple months yeah chrome cosmic chrome tops cosmic chrome baseball for those out there wondering what that conrad conrad's like don't He's like he's all mosaic, mosaic Put, baseball. Like, <laughs> well, one thing all, I was gonna say, he's all year in and year out, it basically just blows him away. <laughs> one thing I was gonna say before, <laughs> before, I, before on the cosmic chrome tip, is one thing the manufacturers need to learn because obviously they made less of this because it was their first time out. Now it was widely known as a, su- a success. So, but what happens is they start making more in the next year because the demand because they think successful. is higher. Right, but then well, Cody just said you got It's all about scarcity, right? Yeah, right. So like. It's it's a fine line. You're in the business of making money. The more product they make, the more they can sell, the more money they make. So you have to look at it and go, at some point, we have to make more product to make more money. Yeah. I, so you got you got to find, I think, tops for the last five, six, seven years, maybe maybe decades since, since we've been doing it. I think they've always been mindful about that because they they've already made that mistake. They made that mistake in the 80s, in the 90s. So they're always thinking about, like, don't repeat what but, you've done in but the But we see what we they do, though, with the, the two, lights the and the sapphires. They made the same mistake. But they, they add on. They may I, not do yeah, team but, all, but... But, it's, but they're not making... I mean, how much 1991 Topps flagship do you think they made? Boatloads. Buckets. But Freight. Ha- Freight, freight containers, freight trains, <laughs> yeah, trains, <laughs> <Freight laughs> countries, <laughs> In, infinite pallets. <laughs> um, so I mean, yeah, like now they just they are probably making more cards now, but they have different variations and they spice it up just a little different, just so it doesn't look like it is literally the same product. Now, I have a question for C-Rad. He was about to jump in, but I wanted to switch it to football. Has there been any 2022 football products that have, you've, that have jumped out and said this is an amazing product? And this is an unfiltered show, so say what you need to say. Uh, jumped out as amazing? Like you say, hey, that's a good 2022 product. Leaf mm. Exotic Multi-Sport. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, <laughs> you know what? I, wanna, I, I will say that nothing has really stood out thus far, but at the same time – with dealing with this uh the weaker obviously draft class um nothing has been really too bad either um we i feel like we haven't gotten enough products and we'll, maybe we'll get into that a little bit later with uh, what's going on with panini and tops and fanatics but um a lot of the normal products that we would have gotten already we still don't have yet right so just just judging off the the few products that we have gotten so far um not too bad I'm trying to think of any really surprised me. I'll th- I'll throw one out just because of the circumstances of what happened this year, and I know it gets printed to hell with parallels and stuff. But select the fact that XRCs were in there just added this whole other layer to it that I think added incentive that not only are you collecting obviously a great 
rookie QB class from 2021. But there is that added mm. incentive of being the first to get those. I don't know what the secondary market is on it right now for those cards. Does I don't that know. Fall under the same category though, because it did come out in 2022. Right. But it's a 2021. Product. It is a 2021. Product yeah, I, 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 I was spe speaking specifically about the oh, 2022 right, right, right. draft class. Right. Yeah, I, I guess, guess you could. Be, but 2021 yeah. select did come out in 2022. It, I guess. It, so it kind of. It kind of. It makes it very confusing. But I, I thought the question was specifically of the 2022. I kind of, I kind of aimed it that way. But we'll take that as as a good response. You know what? My point of view is, I think the first off the line is a dumpster fire right now. Um, in terms of like, I wish you would have told me that six months well, ago. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 <laughs> like. it just be, and all, the, the reason why is because I don't think there's a lot of differentiating between most of the products they make to justify the higher price. I think if you put like uh, black football at, at Hobby, which we're paying significantly less, like two or $300 a box usually, and then you have black first off the line, I don't think the customer cares. I think the customer is going to get into whichever one. Just I think, on and I is. think also the content for first off the line has been watered down a lot. There's um, there's like certain you, products that it has a place. You used to get like a like a crazy RPA number to five, number to seven, number to eleven, number to something like that, right? Now a lot of times you're just getting a parallel card. Yeah, I mean uh, the World Cup was yeah. was a prime example of like. You're getting two number to 11 parallels. And we just got done talking about the end of the parallel era and what we're getting in a high-end product instead of it being like they do such a do great job in like NT football and NT basketball with the FOTL exclusive. Yep, yep, yep. And then you roll out two parallels. Yeah, I, I will add to that. I'll add to that that the World Cup, National Treasures first off the line was probably the most disappointing first off the line yeah. of the year. Yep. Um, I with, mean, because you're looking at, I think it sold out like two thousand a box yeah, or something. Yeah. To to only get two parallels that are number to eleven, it's like that is that is rough when you consider how much more expensive first off the line was compared to the hobby boxes. And you're and you're um, also talking about a huge checklist. So like, yeah, yeah. those two numbered parallel cards. They could, be they, good. Could, they could be tough. It could be tough. Yeah. I mean, you, um, with, I, that, with that said, Prism first off the line World Cup soccer, those exclusives are really good. Yeah. Because you get a base number to five blue shimmer, and then you get the exclusive blue shimmer autograph. And then I will also add, although for the most part I agree with you, Doug, that um, some of the first off the line stuff has been watered down, as it always has been, actually. Um, it, and it wouldn't be bad if it was close to the same price as Hobby, or maybe $100 more, but we're talking about sometimes it's five, six, seven hundred dollars yeah. more a box. But that, I mean, but that isn't... that isn't any fault of panini that that is that is us the consumers making that determination of what it's going to sell for. i agree yeah maybe we're a little overzealous and we're I th well, we're I navigating think, i think we're I, well it's it really breaks down to the fact that we don't know what our allocation is going to be like we back in the day we would get our allocation numbers like months in advance months in advance that doesn't really happen anymore yeah. so when that first off the line drops we're kind of panic buying because we don't actually know how much we're going to get of the regular product. And I think that goes across the board. And that's really why those prices get so inflated. Yep, yep. that's true. And that's my true. advice, if anybody from Panini is listening, is I think one, you, obviously, you got to figure a certain percentage is bought by breakers on, on a lot of the products, right? A lot of breakers. Like, guarantee a street day that I will receive it. And I might buy more based on that. Like, if my, if your, 
regular version of the product comes out Friday, and you're like, if you buy this first off the line, you'll get it Tuesday. I might buy more knowing I had three, four days to, to rip yeah, it. But we, but we've but we, had we're, it. we're basically like, we buy it, and then sometimes it comes the next day. We've which had is insane, it. right? We've it's like overnight it. or the next day. Then it's like sometimes it's a week before they even ship it. <laughs> we've yeah. had multiple releases where we've gotten the first off the line and the regular the same. Day. Last off the line. La- last <laughs> off the last off the line. <clears throat> and I'm just saying, like you know, like. National Treasures is great. Stars and Stripes, you know you're getting a Stars and Stripes RPA. That drives that product. Oh, when they had Impeccable the year where they had the metal auto for the rookies only in first off the line. That was great. Like Those things differentiate. But if you just put like one random parallel from the base set, not enough. It's not enough to make me, as a bulk buyer, uh, want to buy that product for two, $300 more than the hobby when I could just maybe buy more hobby. Well, you have seen... This is the first time in two years you've seen multiple products with Dutch auction FOTL hit the floor. Right. And that's I mean, yeah, I mean, that that is we had not seen that on anything for two years. Yeah. Now. Now we've seen it multiple times in like the last three months. But I am and I I am excited about optic first off the line, which we did get some at the floor um, because it's only 24 cards, so it's not the 18 packs that they're they went back they went like back to what they used to do, and it's three autos, and I believe all the base and this is optic baseball, all the base is its own parallel only to first off the line, so I I think that's a good idea, and I'm interested to see how that does because pound for pound if you compare that to like a tops chrome, it's significantly cheaper. Boom. So don't uh, get me started on optic baseball. I love that product. Actually, I should look to see if you can schedule some because I ordered that one last week. Once again, if I knew who was coming in, I actually I already put some PYTs up. Yeah, I mean, you guys alluded to it, but really, I just think the thing that would make the biggest difference is having that concrete date to know it's coming here and a wider window. It, give it, I don't know. I mean, at like, least two days. At, at least, I mean, a week well, would be week, awesome, but that would tomorrow. be tough. Imagine, imagine what. So we you, are getting it. Imagine if so you got the first off the year. line a week before exactly. the original, like the the, Sweet. the it, original it, release comes out. Yeah, like that would make people want to spend more on it. But the thing is, is that Panini hasn't had to do that because. It was selling out for a ridiculous amount, right? Anyway, right. so and like, they, may, they may, pivot, may pivot to that. Yeah, they may. I mean, the market the market is kind of will speak for it, right? Yeah, like, and, and I would imagine as those NBA NFL licenses start to expire, they're going to have to pivot to that. And I do wonder, you know, because it is kind of it does sound like that with the T malls and the parallel schools, like t- Panini went all in on parallel era stuff and, and maybe it's coming back to bite them a little bit when they lose those licenses, then what happens with that? Where you're, then you're getting all of these products where the market's just going to be filled with all of these products with no autos or T malls or whatever without licenses. I, I also think that the, uh, on certain releases and I think it was 2022 flawless collegiate FOTL, which I think the only don't you get like a gem card? I think that's pretty yeah. much. I think that's pretty much it, right? And the floor on that was twelve hundred dollars a box. I'm like, at the floor, like it is a brutal rip. One hundred twenty dollars a card for the 2022 football rookie class in their collegiate uniforms. No yeah. shield ch- chances. Yeah. It, so. it. I mean, it. We actually we didn't even we didn't even buy it. I think we have some hobby coming, which I don't have scheduled. We have some, but. yeah, but that, I mean, we're getting, the hobby, we got at a better price. Yeah. Like, the FOTL, yeah. it, even if, I don't even know what it's sold out at, but even if it would have hit the floor, 
it would have been a bad deal. Yeah, yeah. So, well, let's move into hobby content creation, and I'm gonna tear this because you know now that this hobby's been around, you know, you had the guys that started shops, opened up in '89. Those are the VCR guys. Then you got us that started breaks. We're the Blu-ray guys. Oh, I thought then we were, you have. I thought, I thought we were DVD. I was about to say yeah, DVD slash Blu-ray. And now you got the new guys. The they're the Netflix. They're the streaming guys, right? The disconnect that I'm seeing through all segments is crazy. Now I know you want to appeal to your market, but I'm specifically going to point at you, Netflix guys, on this one. Don't. Why are we talking about gambling when you're a breaker? Why are you promoting gambling and talking about your parlays? For one, nobody cares about your fantasy team. Who nobody cares, cares about nobody your cares about your damn nobody fantasy cares team. about your waiver wire picks. Nobody cares about your fantasy league. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. Come on, yeah. Like, I mean, and, and this I mean, is coming from a, like a ten-time champion. I mean, I'm, a, I, I'm a fantasy champion. I don't care. I'm humble. I appreciate my fantasy team myself. Okay, <laughs> I've won ten times. I'm humble. Look, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've got a I've got a long Blu-ray career. Going on. Nobody um, nobody wants to talk about your fantasy team, and you just went into it. But exactly. I have a walking contradiction. But, no, I mean, my point is, is, like, for one, you're selling sports cards. Now, I know some of your naysayers who say, well, sports cards are gambling. That's not up to us as content creators or breakers to promote it that way. Now, yes, somebody's buying the Pelicans. Somebody's buying the Hornets because they want to get a card that's worth more than they spent. People buy boxes because they want to get a card more than they spent. But there is still a segment of people that do collect, believe it or not. But I think the Netflix guys in the business are trying to make it gambling. And I think, you're for one, you're missing the mark. I think, for two, it's bad taste. Because, look, I'm not going to tell my – I want my customer to buy cards. I don't want him to spend $10,000 on a three-team parlay and lose it. And then doesn't have any money to spend on any cards anymore. So – I don't get it. I see multiple Netflix guys out there, you know, and maybe maybe we need to go younger. Maybe Netflix is still kind of old. Maybe we need to go to like Peacock or something. I don't know. But nah, the, I, the, the kids are definitely going to Peacock. I'll just tell you that those right kids, now. Those kids are no. It, the DVD the DVD people are uh, oh, they're, they're, they're on Peacock. Okay. I don't watch Peacock. So um, I don't know what's on there. Hulu? Are we? Ne no, Netflix is the right. Is, is the, the right, right terminology one. Netflix here. is correct. Redbox? Yeah. What's next? Disney Plus, I guess. What's you know? next? Well, what's next is that, you know, Amazon's going to buy one of them, Apple's going to buy another, and then there's only going to be like three options. So get ready for that. So, I mean, you got the VCR guys that are afraid of the internet, that they don't really promote much. They just have their card show open from 9 to 5, and they don't typically sell um, during the hours they're not open. And then you got the, the DVD guys that are, you know, we're in the middle. You know, we got, we got the shops, and we, got, we do do social media, and obviously breaks and stuff like that. And then you've got the, the guys that came in in, like, 19 or 20, probably more specifically 2020, and those guys were sneakerheads. And they're involved. Like they're 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 talking gambling. I mean, they yeah, are literally. I mean, but we but we have been doing this a long time, twelve years, and we've been told like, do not blur those lines between card collecting, box opening, case opening, box breaks, all that to gambling. Like, don't don't talk about them as being the same thing. And now you have some of these influencers that are doing exactly what we were told not to do. Right. Like. Well, and it's a different world, too, than it was, what, 10, 9, 10 years ago, where I don't know how many states off the top of yeah, my head. I mean, that's, legal, a, that's a good point. It's kind, of, it's kind of built into where you're from. Right. It's kind of built into your culture now, right? Right. Like, it, 
if you can just go on your phone and just start betting parlays, it it isn't illegal where you're from. Here in California, we're years but, and years and years away from, from having that. But don't try to go out and be Dave Portnoy. Dave Portnoy talks about gambling because he has a stake in a gambling website. None of you guys out there that are promoting gambling have any kind of stake in other people betting. That's my, that's my, that's my issue here. What if you're selling your picks? Well, if you're Vegas Dave, then you have a whole other side business. Because so. I, I think that is what a lot of these influencers are trying to do. Like, this is who I'm picking up for my daily fantasy. This is, this is who I'm going to be picking and betting this week. This is what line I like. They want you to basically take, take their hunch. Like, take their picks. So they can come back and they can be like, want you, you some money. But what does that correlate? Yes, I, I, I don't. I don't. What know. does it correlate with sports cards? It, it, besides it, it being about at all. Sports, the only thing it. it does is it probably gets you more subscribers. Might get you more clicks. Maybe. Maybe. I, what I've seen so far is that some of the lowest viewed content by some of these career, like content creators is all of their sports betting content. Here's uh, this is my maybe this is a pessimistic take. It's I think that there are. Two factions of people who got back into the hobby in 2020. There's the people who were like, oh, I was a kid and I collected Pokemon or baseball cards or basketball cards, football cards. I collect them as a kid, kind of fell off. Then, you know, every pandy happens. I'm bored. What am I going to do? Oh, these cards are making a lot of money. I've got cards. I used to love doing that. And now they're back in it and they're like, it's fun. I, I forgot how fun this is. And they've got kids of their own and they're passing to them. Then there's the other side. I think that skews a little younger. I'm sorry if this is an old man yells at a cloud, but that skews a little younger that all they saw was look at how much that LeBron James card went, went for. How do I do that? I need one. That? I need I, one of those. Exactly. And so now that, there is the perception in their minds that the well is running dry a little bit. They have to pivot. What's making money? Oh, sports gambling is being legalized everywhere. It's, it's the next thing. We got to get in on it. It's also a place to make a quick buck. Uh, it's sort of the same mindset. If I just open a pack of cards and I pull that one card, I'm going to be a millionaire. Whereas same sort of idea for them for sports gambling, they don't look at the collecting aspect of it. They look at the how can I make money off of this aspect? Right. I, I think and, and that's you kind of in a roundabout way set out what I was just about to say was I think that the guys that got in it didn't get in for the love of the hobby. They got in for the entrepreneur as, aspect of be running my own business and making money. So instead of looking and yes, we are a business. We are a business. We've been a business for 12 years, but we love the hobby. And we take care of our customers. And I'm not saying these guys don't, but I think the reason why they got in is because of the dollar signs. I mean, we, we started in 2010, breaking from our kitchen table. Like, we did not see dollar signs when we started. There was no path of guys with Rolexes and Gucci backpacks and, 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 and million-dollar flip-flops and private jets and all this stuff that was happening now when these guys jumped in, right? It was just like, I think oh. Those are, those are all things I saw at the National. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's true. So, so there wasn't that when we started. So it was just like, hey, this, this is something that's fun, and maybe it'll provide a little bit of extra income. Million-dollar flip-flops would be pretty wild to see. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Ben Baller makes some. I mean, I'm sure he'll drop them on some network app or something. I like it. But, yeah, and, that, and this is, I mean, maybe it's not necessarily hobby content creation I'm talking about. I'm talking about maybe newer breakers slash businesses um, that are doing this. Because I think the hobby content creation side of things, 
you know, just to touch on this before we move to topics, I also have an issue, and I know we kind of do this, but like telling people like you should buy this guy, you know, in a in a way saying like these are my top five sports cards to go up in twenty twenty three. And then you look like an idiot, like Dude, when you say Will Greer is better than Kyler Murray, three or whatever, times, right? three times better, right? So, you know, we may have these conversations who we think is gonna go up, but we're not like this is a dead, I don't, dead I don't, lock. I don't think we do that though. I think I think we will go into a checklist when a product comes out and say these are what we believe are going to be the highlights in said checklist. Right. I mean, these we do we be, do say hobby bus and stuff like gonna that. They're going to be the chase, but like. Even when we talk about the card market, I don't think any of us say anything about go out and buy Zach Wilson. Go out and buy these players. We basically say we think these players might do better. The market might be down on them. But I don't think any of us have ever said go buy these players. At least... Not for probably three, four, five, six years. There might right, have been right. segments and, where and we I, did that. And I think like, people try to quantify the data and, and, and you know, and compare sports cards to stocks and, and stuff like that. And it, it, you can't. You can't. The one guy down from the next to up, down, left, right. It's just there's no pathway to success, really. I mean, there may be some guys that sell subscription service that will disagree with me. But I think it's just you collect what you like. If you get something that you want to sell that's nice, sell it, I mean, and, and, and replenish. But let's move on to uh, grading. I want to talk a little bit about grading, and, and we'll switch it to C-Rad here. How do you – somebody that's new to the hobby and that starts maybe last week, how do you – how do they navigate this – grading their cards it's hard it's hard to explain <laughs> yeah it is it is very tough in this climate and um you know it's, the, it's what we talk about all the time is like what we know what we grew up knowing about this hobby and what we learned coming back into this hobby even 10 years ago is constantly changing right so i mean if somebody was brand new and they were just coming in what i would suggest right now honestly um having you know graded a few cards myself i don't i personally don't grade a lot of cards ever like in the 10 years that i've been back in this industry um i've submitted to bgs once maybe i've submitted to psa maybe once and i've submitted with greg through uh, sgc a couple times i would just tell them from just from what i see in the market right now sgc seems like the the the, the most um bang for your buck Do they, are, if, they pay, are they paying you SGC, <laughs> uh, I hope so, man. SGC, someone. Yeah, I dropped my PayPal here. <laughs> uh, right, uh, but, um, six point five and SGC partnership coming soon. Cash, but, uh, cash app. <laughs> I don't disagree. They're making waves, like we talked about last week with the yeah. nine dollar Bowman Chrome. I, I think, I think, bang for your buck. Uh, if it's not a high dollar card, if you're, if you're, and especially if you're new, you're not going to have any high dollar cards anyways, right? If you're a newer collector. Um, if you just want to get your feet wet on grading cards, I feel like they're they're a good company. Like their Th- prices third are third on the list. You think? Yeah, they're still third. They're still third in my opinion. Um, I still I still put Beckett and I still put PSA above them. Um, and me personally, I would still go you know Beckett for my for my um, just autographs or base cards, and I or I, I'll go PSA for my autographs and base cards, and I still go Beckett for like the RPAs and stuff. But um, SGC is a great alternative because they got good pricing and then um, their turnarounds are quick and then you could kind of see the difference of like what you what would happen if you would have sold this raw or, or whatever grade you get from your SGC card. And you, and you have to, sorry to interrupt, but you have to think too, if you're like getting back into it, and you're like, oh, let me go through my shoebox of cards or whatever. 
Probably older not great cards. quality. Yeah, probably not good quality. Also, older cards, and I think that even before SGC kind of is having a little moment in the last year with the Mickey Mantle and stuff, most people would say if you have vintage stuff, SGC is a pretty good place to go. I mean, we, I mean, we, we're get, we still get this in the shop. We get these through emails, but like people hitting us up and they're like, I got a set of 1990 NBA hoops. I want to get it graded, right? Because. Because they're going based on this last two year hype that we've had where they've been reading on all like how people have turned their old baseball cards and old Pokemon cards into, you know, millions of dollars and you got to get them graded. And once you get them graded, like it's your investment's going to 10 times. Like, can you imagine if somebody had a 400 card set and you're just like, cool, go ahead and submit it. It's going to cost you thousands of dollars. And what are you going to get back in return? A full slab set. A full slab set well, that's going to be I, probably worth about four hundred dollars. And I think there's there's <laughs> that, and you had to wait you had to wait like probably a year for it. And I think there needs to be a little bit of education more in the hobby from content creators regarding this. And I know it's not a, a very super popular uh, video that everybody would watch, but I think it's very valuable for new new people to understand. Um, but how do you like Dan? How do you navigate like all like the non transparent? Uh, things that go on in the grading industry. Oh, I mean, it's tough. I, I think the first thing we're going to see, and I think we're going to see it sooner than later, and it's running very parallel with what we were seeing in, like, the 90s with how many grading companies that you basically will stumble upon on, like, Instagram, some random website, Twitter, where you're just like, who are these people? We, we saw there's a card shop that was doing... In store grading, like their own their own slabs, like in store grading, like where's the transparency there? Right. Like, are are you basically just pay, you're paying for the slab, right? Like you actually at that point, I'd be like, don't even put anything like, uh, like don't even document it. Just like slab up my card so it's safe. I guess. I mean, I, yeah. I think I think what we're gonna see is all all those companies that are going to be kind of fly by night they're going to they're going to fade away and there's going to be the cream is going to rise right you're going to have the psa you're going to have the beckett you're going to have probably sgc um and you may have a couple other ones but as far as a transparency it, it the human element you'll never be able to take out of it like until we have true ai and it's not like some wacky infomercial with somebody using like really, really big words um, that probably is not around anymore. HGA, I believe that's what it was. Oh yeah, yeah, Classic. they're hanging like, in there. I don't think so. I think I think it's gone. They were at the done. national. They were at the national. Never mind. Never mind. Were they playing that 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 <laughs> video right. over and over and over? I, I hope mean, they I'm were. I'm more of a masterpiece grading guy myself. Man, that, that's still yeah. waiting. I don't know. Um, I mean, and then you've you've got like companies like tag grading that are trying to be more transparent. Will they ever get any legs underneath them? I don't know. How I mean, many, how many it, grading companies do we need? Though? I don't even know. I mean, we need we. I think we're good with three options. Three is a good. Number. Three options is good. You got, you got, you got, you got gold. You got silver. You got bronze. 
Is it too much to ask to actually indicate who graded your card at said company somehow on your slab or somehow on your registry? Probably better on your registry. Can't you keep it like that's that's my thing. And I know this is a lot of data entry and, and as a business, it's a nightmare. And to institute this is not going to even make you any money. But I just, you know, sometimes you start to think like some guys get more special treatment. You know, one grader might grade better than the other. How does said grader get your cards? How does said grader get other person's cards? How does one guy always have tens? I mean, th these are questions as a hobbyist that you ask. And there's a lot of money between a card that's an eight and a 10 or a nine and a 10 in certain instances that you could, it could be a hundred thousand dollars, $200,000 difference. And to not have any idea who graded it. My, well, my, know, hopefully, like, person wise like, on that tip, what if I hope these grading companies are auditing their own grading employees. You would I hope. hope they have a database of, you know, uh, Jim, been with us for 15 years, does 70% of his cards are 10s. Um, he basically, and then you compile all that data and you see what these numbers should be. Right. And, and if somebody is really, really spiking, they're either getting a lot of the, some, some of the greatest conditioned cards ever to come through or they there's something not transparent going on with that. They're either getting kickbacks. I know I know we talked about this years and years ago about if you find out that somebody works at a, a grading company, they're not untouchable, right? You could you could probably find where that person's at and money talks, right? Yeah. Like if you can make sure that you get your cards to said person and you grease the wheels a little bit, especially back in 2020 where like a difference of a of a nine and a ten could be like ten thousand dollars on on certain cards. It could be half a million. It could be a half a million on certain cards. I mean, yeah. look at the look at the mantle prices. I mean, you're talking about a card that went for well, over I mean, thirteen at, million dollars. Look at look at look at the Jordan nine and ten. Right. Like look at the nine and then look at the ten. Look, the ten was a seven hundred thousand dollar card at one point. Yeah. Now I think it's down to one seventy. Right. But. You do it. You find somebody at, at a grading company and you you give them ten thousand dollars cash, and you're like, "Hey, this is going to be my card coming through. I'm shipping it at this time. Make sure it ends up on your desk." That if you tell me that that has never happened happened in the history of grading, you are you're you're living on Fantasy Island. Right. You're, right. you're you're out of your mind. Right. Money, I, money talks. I know there has been some. There had to be some type of collusion. The system isn't. And that's what is I'm it, saying. I, I, I think we can, we, can, we can tighten this up and be more transparent. I mean, we have we have ring camera set up on every one of our shipping person's tables so that we can find out if something was misshipped or, you know, you know, we we vet everybody that works here. But like, say somebody steals something. We have cameras, you know, like, can't you just do something similar to that at every grading station and then. You know, maybe make that even public just to see, like, this is the process. Maybe don't show the person's face that's working for you, but just to make that more public they, to the more, they don't want to. They don't want to show it. What Cody, Cody, one of Cody's favorite phrases. They don't want to show you how the sausage is made. That's right. They don't want. Yep. They don't want you to. They don't want you to take their trade secrets. They don't. They don't want their trade secrets, which is ridiculous. What we're talking about because it's it's not engineering. It's literally yes, it's literally a person <laughs> with like a monocle. Just like sitting there, like <laughs> I'm now imagining a bunch of fancy lads with top hats and monocles. Dude, at PSA. top hat, and, dude. That now that right there would be a great skit. 
to just basically be like, okay, we're going to go behind the scenes of our grading company, and it's just dudes in top hats with a monocle. <laughs> and just Walking in and twirling their cane. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for watching The Hype. Before we get back to the action, we want to let you know about the brand new eBay Vault. Now, why vault your cards with the original Marketplace? Well, that's because the eBay Vault isn't just a way to protect what you collect. It's a new way to trade. Not only have your cards never been safer thanks to their secure climate-controlled facility, but you're also locking in real savings. You pay no sales tax when you ship to or transact within the vault, and there are no storage fees for two years. Just imagine what you can do with all that money that you're saving. And with the eBay Vault seamless in-app experience, you can track, buy, and sell your cards in real time. From listing your cards in seconds with eBay Collection to tracking trends with the eBay Price Guide, managing your collection is more seamless than ever before. The eBay Vault. Buy. Sell. Secure. Now, I want to stop and do a little quick summary, and I actually, I want to ask Dan, um, this question out of these three topics, we have the manufacturers, we have the hobby content we talked about in the grading. What's the biggest difference and takeaway from 2012 to 2022? 2012. What's the biggest difference? Oh man. Um, for technology, just our streaming capabilities. Yeah. For in terms of like, breaking. Yeah. From in terms of breaking, like, uh, the cameras we can use, like the computers that are available, like, Remember how hard it was to just stream? Yes. And like with audio that didn't sound terrible? Like that that is like the first thing. That um besides that, I think the other thing that probably we've seen is products being manufactured specifically for group breakers, which I know back in 2012, back in 2010, I was extremely against that i was like the last thing i want to see i'm like make the products how you make them don't cater to group breakers specifically just just make the products and keep them the same configuration would you say that things are a lot more watered down product wise now it's easy to say that right yeah yeah i mean yeah i mean what's the last thing that that we've really seen that is blown us away that's been innovative but we always talk about like different inserts that we like kabooms and downtowns and color blasts and that literally is like what excites us now in the way of innovation and they're really but yeah besides technology which will lead us right into talking about live commerce after this but like you haven't seen a lot of innovations on the card now i know you just have a you know a three by five card and there's not a lot you can do on that but like I don't know. I mean, besides making more breaking style products, Playoff National Treasures was around in 2006. And that's still the, you know, the, 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 the breadwinner of, of like football. Cards. I mean, they've tried they've tried HRX where it was a, a, video, a, card. a video card that was embedded. And it didn't. I mean, the idea was great. The follow through and manufacturing was going to be tough. But again, we haven't seen anything really like that. Like we have, we use so many QR codes. We have, we <clears throat> talking about NFTs like a year ago and we were just like, NFTs are going to be the new rage. And I like, think that I was thought, the big bet. I thought those were going to really like transition into the physical cards. And I feel like we moved on from NFTs. That like, was like NFTs yeah. was, that was, that was like literally the parallel era that we lived in. It was like parallel era. NFT era, and 
yeah, how how's your Top Shot like account going? How have you? When's the last time you logged into yours? I don't. I never made one. Never made no. one. I actually finally liquidated it all the other day. How, I was did, like, I I've got I got like ninety bucks left in it. So. Did they? How I, did did you get actual money? Okay, so I should actually say this. Maybe we can keep track of this. I liquidated it. There was like ninety bucks left. First of all, they took twenty five percent. No, it was like a hundred dollars. They took twenty five percent of it. Ooh. Yep. Uh, just to get the money out. Mm. Uh, and. I did this uh, about a month ago. Tell, tell me they sent you like an Apple's, Applebee's I, I, like gift card. I still don't have the money. I still don't have it. It's been a month. They said it was going to take two weeks. So you would take like an Applebee's I'll take or anything Carl's at this point. Jr. Yeah. Give me, fine. Give me $70 towards Chili's. Fine. I don't care. Just give it to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm out. Give me, you know. But that what was. About, what about you, Doug? Yeah. I sold a Lamello. For $3,000, and I haven't paid attention to it because you know why? You know what NFT stands for for me? No f***ing time. So I don't have any time for it anymore, and I will no longer have any time for NFTs because I had a lot of time back then. Now I don't have time. But but, but what does it actually stand for? I don't want people getting confused now. (laughs) (laughs) Non-fungible. Non-fungible token. There we go. I think C-Rad, I I feel time are you are you still because i think you were kind of the uh, the nft defender for a while you still like believe that there is a future here with it i i do still think there is a future with nfts um with especially with the underlying technology now don't get that confused with i still think that you can draw a picture and put it up for sale and people are just gonna buy it for no reason no gary the gary tech- v hoodwinked us all like pretty much no but he's the he's the one that's that he's the one that told people two years ago when NFT start first started being, he's like, 99% of these projects that you guys are buying into are going to fail. He's all he said mine. this two except years ago. Mine. Except for mine. <laughs> no, his and his his included, but he but like again, you guys are not understanding, or maybe you guys don't read up about the underlying technology behind NFTs and what that means for the future of like how the way we're gonna be buying things and, and trading things. That's that's still a big part of what I believe in. Like but, it just got watered down. But, but just like Gary V, like Gary V said, like if you're just trying to sell a picture, uh, uh, you know, of a uh, of a drawing you made of a of a bear with a with a chain on it, like you're that's not nobody's that, gonna go for that. That's but, what he did. But dude, when no, but like it got. To I the remember point, Cody's reaction no, of he, opening it, that product. It, don't it, don't, it, no, NFTs, we don't need to go down NFTs that got so so mainstream so quick, almost faster than I've ever seen anything. Because happen. people had time. Like like Macy's. Like they did like a Christmas NFT that you just you sign. Oh, up, you, I got an NFT. Oh, yeah. you you signed it. You signed up for a Macy's account. You got an, a Macy's NFT. No, I couldn't believe it watching the Thanksgiving Day Parade yeah. last week, You're, and they said, "Well, your Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade NFT." And I went, "What year is this? What?" what dude, you, you got, they you, must have that plan. Dude, speaking months of that, ago, I was I went to the Niners game, which I go to a lot because I I live across the street. But I was going to the game this weekend, last weekend against the Saints, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to look before I go to see what the stadium giveaway is, right? And I'm like, you know, you know, I'll be cool, a little towel or a flag or something. It is a commemorative NFT. So I'm like, I'd be better served if I walked in and the usher just blew air in my face. That'd actually be a better giveaway than a, a, a fake tip. Not, not better. Maybe, maybe, I maybe, would at least have something maybe, worthy. Maybe on par, but like definitely not better. <laughs> I mean, if he ate garlic fries, it might be bad, but like, not, you know what I mean? <laughs> definitely, definitely not better. Okay. Maybe he gave me a little slap on my ass as I walked in, 
And then that would be more worthy of a stadium giveaway than, a, than an NFT, which I don't even know how to get. I don't know if they send it to my account, and maybe I, this is showing my Blu-ray age here. I don't know how to get that, but um, I never, I never figured out how to get my Super Bowl one. Yeah, yeah. See, it it's just, I, and I want to know magic who, beans. I want to know who got it because I didn't get it, and where is it? It's it it's for me like it's it's in the metaverse. It's funny, but it's like at the same time like knowing. Because I I really do follow like what he's what he talks about, knowing what like what he's predicted in the fu- in the past, I know that in the future we're gonna, we're gonna be sitting here like ten years from now and then it's it's gonna, you're gonna be you're gonna be the smartest man in the room. He's gonna be I I I I, I, I really do follow what well, when we get COVID forty and and, and the NFTs oh, come back dude, around now, no. now now our uncensored <laughs> just got it. now our uncensored how uncut little, and how you guys buy collectibles unregulated. how you guys buy houses buy homes it's going to be contractually through nfts want to buy it buy buy a picture <laughs> the contract i can't i can't the live, smart I can't the live smart contract picture. is going to be through nfts i i think we're we'll be dead by that hap- the time that happens personally yeah. i mean because it's easy to laugh about these things because people were laughing about the internet in the 1990s and said that's the fad the internet's mm. gonna die it, this is the this is the same situation you're gonna buy your zillow listing because like it's you're, easier you're gonna, to not gonna, believe in like something in than try to like do research and like really me. understand it. <laughs> My little digital me, digital men. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't discount that, and I'm. I'm just. I'm just playing it up for the the sake of the show. I do want to point out how Gary V has been the king of like starting something, bouncing out. Like he remember remember what was he on Colin Cowherd? He's like Giannis is, and he's like sports card boom, and then that dude left in like twenty. Like he was he was out. He was in 2020. Gary Vee wasn't talking about sports cars. NFTs. Has Gary Vee talked about NFTs lately? No, he's out. So yeah. he's like, he's the king of knowing when you know to who fold them. Predicted it though. It Vegas, Dave. He. I mean, well, I think. Is there, I think. Is there anybody who's been more dead on? Than Vegas, Vegas Dave. Vegas Dave. The sports card market will crash sometime between 2021 and 2075. <laughs> <laughs> That's how his prediction. I mean, I, I I view it as in he maybe not like yeah he's like I don't think he's necessarily not interested in the in cards anymore because he obviously is he still buys cards um, and he's not it's not that he's not interested in NFTs because he's still promoting he's trying to build an IP and a whole brand around all the characters he created um, but it's just. Maybe he left because he he understands like once it all drops like it has been the last year, then like he focuses like, just, attention just, somewhere else. Yeah. Well, not not just that he's trying to move on and, and go into the next thing, but it's also like he understands like the blame will be all on him if he would have just stayed in this whole time, right? Right. I don't think, and I don't believe the narrative that he's a pump and dumper, which no. a lot of people do. I, but I think he does have a good uh, key eye to know. You know what's like, on the up? Yeah, like he probably didn't buy the mini disc players. You know, back in the back in the 1996. he probably wasn't on that trend. He probably knew. He probably knew that mini disc was not going to be the wave of the future. But it, he knew when to cash out. He's probably whatever he's on now. He's probably going to get out when he knows. How, he's just going to know. He's going to have a feeling. He's just that's how he is. Smart guy, Gary. If you're listening, that fifty thousand dollars is a little too much for your marketing program. Can we do twenty five, twenty five thousand. <laughs> A little too much. A little too much for your we'll, th- we'll throw in a box of V friends. We got to lay in the back. We it do have the back. Some. It wasn't even like hands on. It was like you're just going to watch a Zoom video. Right. Yeah, his, it's probably his team that's handling it, obviously. I have an NFT on that one oh, yeah. to do that. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean. I, I don't. It's, it, is, it is weird. I mean, I'm not denying that NFTs can come back. And I know that, like, one thing that people do talk about with NFTs going forward is, like, 
the utility attached to it. It's the smart contract. It, like it, when people when, we, when we're talking about NFTs, you get like I feel like everybody's just thinking about a, a JPEG of a yeah, picture. Yeah, the, but they're the not talking about the technology behind it. Right. And that, I'm 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 talking about the technology. I'm not talking about any kind of little kids drawing. Well, I think what happened, and I don't disagree with you, is I think that there is like five, like to put it in like a an understanding perspective is there was like five worthy ones and there's 10,000 bad ones. So I think you've, you've just too many people have gotten burned to the fact that like, like me, like where I'm like, I don't even know what to go. There's no direction where to go. What's going to be worth it. I mean, there, and then you throw in, there's 75 different cryptos that you can buy that all have gone down. So, you know what I mean? Like there's more than 75. I'm just, yeah, there's a lot, but but guess what? There's only probably about two. If you're into that, that are probably worthwhile. Right. I guess same thing. So you just, getting lucky there um but we're definitely spending a lot of time on these topics we have a lot more to discuss in this uh episode where we'll pour we'll, we're pulling back the curtain and we're looking at the state of the hobby as we head into 2023 and i mentioned live commerce i don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it i think for sports cards there's some bright views on the horizon for live commerce but i feel like we're far from being there i think whatnot just lets anybody and and their mother stream on there, and there's no any there's no policing anybody there's really. No vet, there's no there's like no the vetting. Vet, the, the vetting process is the cream rises to the top accounts there, and I think you know they allow people to break product early. They allow people to break rules. We've got people shuffling cards and doing their own buybacks, and the buybacks aren't even numbered, so you have no idea if they know what's already in their buyback, and they're selling to their friend the better cards. There's a lot of just. There's a, there's it's a, just like a flea market. A, there's a lack of transparency when it comes to buybacks. Like, I mean, we do them. We've been we've been doing them for a long time. Um, but we are extremely transparent. We don't build as we go. Like when we do a release, it's like a twenty case run. It's all packed, numbered, and we actually record the process of recording like the numbers that are on the cases. And we don't once they're done, that run is done. Yeah. What I I see a lot of time. I mean, I watched somebody today that was like, oh, these must have been packed out two weeks ago. If you know about like building buyback products and you're actually putting time and effort into doing it, you're not going to be able to build a product run in in two weeks. No, no, not at all. And get it, get it like packed up. And because I got to say, like a lot of these, a lot of the packaging looks good. It looks good. That's time consuming. So I don't know specifically, but I do believe a lot of these rate repacks are being repacked as they as they go right and then you've got you know probably loop is the second for sports cards which um both of these platforms aren't international as we speak so you only have i think canada for whatnot i think whatnot's trying to expand more loop only in the u.s so if you're a business you know you're only limited to u.s so that takes a lot of big spenders out for basketball uh and soccer for that matter um and uh loop is is very only iphone sensitive uh i believe you can only buy apple pay um which is a challenge and i like i said these this is we're still in the early phase of live commerce um ebay we did our uh, for uh, the ebay live we made a good amount of money in an hour i mean it was very successful but sealed product more like a home shopping network type thing i don't think they want to go down the uh the path of breaks i don't, I don't think they will be going down um, the path of we'll, breaks We'll see that. Uh, my question to you guys too: Is it crazy to think? Are we ever going to get away from just having a, a vertical phone? I mean, I was thinking about it the other day. That's how lazy we are as a society that we can't even turn our phones this way anymore, right? I mean, we have to like it's it's like can't even go this way yeah. anymore, which is kind of preventive when it comes to breaks because like I now have 
just a narrow vertical point of view when boxes are bigger, you know, things I want to have going on could be bigger. And but we've reduced ourselves to just having the vertical point of view. Dude, if I'm on YouTube on my phone, like I, I turn my phone. So I do I. Too, but like, a lot I, a lot of people don't. A lot of younger a lot of younger people don't. Like uh, that is, that is like one of the main reasons why I haven't really I don't really care about the content on TikTok because I don't like holding my I don't like looking at my phone that way. You know what I like, like about YouTube now on the phone? Because I experienced it as a uh, I was watching uh, Ty and helping out Ty last night. Is that on the phone now? You can actually like close the window, and it's smaller, and you can like yeah. go go navigate through your phone. I love that. Pretty awesome, I think. So, and you don't have that when you're doing the live commerce because you have to do it all on the screen. So it's like you want to check the score of a game, or you want to go on Twitter or while you're going to take somebody real yeah. quick. Right, right. So, I think we're a little far away for live commerce. Um, but do you think live commerce? Is the way, let's say, and I'll, I'll, I'll send this message or I'll ask this question to Cody. In 10 years, what percentage of live breaks are going to be on live commerce apps? Ooh, man. Oh, that's a really hard one. I, I, I don't want, I, I don't, I think there's a place for it. And I think it is going to be really big. Uh, and I think that we're in this infancy stage right now. And there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of good signs. There's also a lot of really troubling signs, um, you know, in terms of some transparency, you know, without naming any. I don't want to name any names, but um, until that gets fixed up, and I think what's really going to change it is so, a big money name getting behind it. That's why the eBay thing is really exciting to me, because it is a legit name who has been doing this for a long time. I don't know if they'll get into the breaking aspect of it, but also you know money talks at the end of the day and like they'll they'll probably see that as like well we're a legitimate name i don't know if that's what they're gonna do but i could see somebody a, a website that has a big name that has done that's that has done the type of stuff that ebay has done commerce of uh, online commerce e-commerce um and we'll just see that opportunity oh i'm not gonna say 50 50 but I think that you are going to see a lot more probably skew that direction. And especially if you're a smaller breaker, it's an easier way to get into it rather than establishing your own, you know, building it from the ground up. If you can build off of a platform, I mean, it's going to make yeah, it Yeah, which does lead to that hanky-panky because the cost of entry is, is so small that if you're you, – you already have a phone, most people I would assume at this point in their lives, maybe not the VCR guys, but – the most people Blu-ray down to, to Netflix, they have phones, so they could just go on their phone. But say they hit a ten thousand dollar card as your first break, it's like, sorry, bro, I'm out, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, I I think as looking at the major e-commerce platforms right now, I mean, we got to we got to think about they haven't been in this in this platform in this realm for a long time, right? 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 Like it's been two years, maybe three years for for one of them. Um, when they were raising all their money and doing all their, you know, prospective earnings and like basically, you know, doing their sales pitch to get everybody on board. When were they doing that? In the spike of all spikes in yes, this industry. Yes. So they were probably their earnings were probably going to be 10 times the amount at this point than they actually are. So I think you're having investors look at look at basically quarterly reports going, hey, like these numbers don't look like what you told me they were going to look like at this point. What are we what's the future like? Where Am I going to get my money back 
or am I just going to basically be out? Yeah, and, and I think, and, that- I, and I think, and I think that that's unfortunately what happens when companies bring in other investors because you're spending other people's money at that point, right? And you you have to be held accountable for what your earnings reports are, and that's why we had a chance to bring an investor, and and it was somebody that we know and trusted and knew had the money, but. Being able to have to answer to that person, you know what I mean? And, and also be mindful of their ideas in their pockets. And that's what I think these companies are having to deal with. Um, and, and I wanted to talk about the percentages. I think as a business, what we've learned on there is, I mean, both of them are around 8 to 9% as a seller. And we're dealing with shrinking margins. So you, you go back to the, the boom. Uh, some breakers were able to make 20 to 30% on products that came out because they went up. They would bought it early and the products went up. Now we're looking at margins that are shrinking. So you're, you're shrinking your margins down to 10%. If you give uh, a live commerce platform 9%, you're just wasting your time. You're just not making any money. You're just opening it just for the love of it, which is fine. But like, that's the, that's the, the problem as a business, especially as a bigger business. But the, these, these smaller breakers and operations have, in the last two years, like scaled up. Like, they probably have shipping staff. Right. They probably have retail space or they probably have like warehouse space that they have to pay for that if they're running on a zero percent margin i'm not a math genius but that that doesn't tell me that there's a lot of revenue for shipping staff accounting store manager lease it's almost geared it's almost geared to the one sole proprietor who is going to break and ship and list himself i mean it work it works for a a card shop to use that platform during down times if you don't have anybody in the shop at that given time right throw on your phone and hope that somebody comes in maybe you can like rip a quick clearly authentic box while and get it like packed up and shipped out before you know, you have a wave of customers coming in. What do we think about the future of the card shop? Um, it seems like Fanatics with this, and I wanted, I don't know if we announced it last week, so I, I do want to promote we, we this. Did, we did talk we about did it. Talk about we it, did yeah. talk about it. So the, uh, the deal that Fanatics did to bring in the Paul Gold, this is from 2022 Tops Chrome, the, the Paul Goldschmidt and the Aaron Judge cards from 22 Tops Chrome is card, their MVP buyback program, program, giving customers $20 with no limit of how many you could bring in. I think it's great. It shows support for the shop. Um, do you think there's a scenario where people are going back in to do face-to-face commerce where it's like, uh, you know, like, a, like, like record stores resurgence? Like, do you think you're going to see that more with card shops in the next 10 years? Or are you gonna th- are you, do we think that card shops are going to close? You can only hope so. Because, I mean, the thing about card, like, you go into a card shop, like, you're buying something tangible to, to basically open either right there or when you get in your car when or when driving. you get home. Yeah. I mean, dangerous, dangerous to open up a, a box of cards <laughs> while, you know, on the 101. But, Is it any more um, dangerous than, than texting? <laughs> I've done them both. I'm here to say at the same time. Say, don't recommend tell, it. I don't know. If we're, is this me, like endorsement of one of these? Tell me you've you've sent a text and opened up the box and drove at the same time. Well, you got a sig in one mouth too. Oh, and just dude, out. Yeah, chugging you know. down a chugging down a monster. Yep, dude. Like, I, I've got a great idea for it. I got a great idea for your entrepreneurs out there. Tesla brakes, and mm-hmm. just put it on autopilot and do all your brakes on the road. Yes. That is a ju- I don't recommend it. I'm what not saying do it. Could go wrong. 
You still got to touch the wheels as long as you can hold. You do why, one hand. Uh, why? Why would you want to do that? The scenery. <laughs> I've, constantly I've seen people changing. do. I actually seen people do crazier things leaving that car on autopilot. Oh yeah. Then break. Sitting in the back. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's not, and believe me, I, I, I have, I have the autopilot yeah. feature, and it's, 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 it's not great. I it's know the great. show is unfiltered. I don't know if it's that unfiltered. Yeah. <laughs> I get into that. Well, obviously, we're not telling, no, never do that, dude. Like, we're, no, I don't, I don't think the technology is at the point where you can trust your car to drive itself. Um, but I'm just saying, I have personally watched people do things while, while the car is in autopilot. Yes. Yeah, you can use your imagination there, but <laughs> yeah, I don't recommend it. But I think it would be uh, maybe maybe be the passenger in a moving car, and that would be your background. You're like today, we, we, today I'm in, in Vegas, tomorrow I'm in L.A., and then next week I'll be in New York, and you're just driving and breaking. So on autopilot, can you ghost ride the whip? Because yeah. uh, no, go because you you don't have to be like in the seat, like you fast, can't yeah. can't get out and just dance around the car. Well, I have the summon feature. I can do that. I can control. It my goes a little yeah, bit slower, but, right? Yeah, but if you if you but it'll stop. It'll sense that you're around the car, and it probably oh, won't yeah, move. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, Maybe you're if you're right. on the side of it, you're fine. I don't, I don't, I think, I think, I think Tesla. Just I, I, I don't think you can do it. I so think it would that's why stop. you got to. If you want to, if you want to go back and ghost ride the whip, you're gonna have to go gas car. Yeah, I mean, and plus you keep your phone <laughs> charged for a very long time. Like people that are not in. California maybe are like, what the hell are you talking about? Ghost riding the whip. Dude. <laughs> yeah, it is true. It's actually uh, getting out, like getting outside your car and letting your it car roll, neutral. roll. Yeah. And I, then you're dancing outside next to it. Tell me when to go was a pretty big people, U.S. hit. I'm just going to say think so? Yeah. It was a nationwide hit. Yeah. Ridic- I mean, it was the one, but it was a it's nationwide ridic- hit. People know what that is. No, There's know. videos everywhere. Please uh, comment on our Twitter if you know what ghost riding the whip I, is. I also, th- also would have thought people knew what a seven o'clock on the dot, I mean, my drop tile would be, but no. Okay. Nobody did. No idea. Okay. No idea. No, you guys is. didn't know. No so, idea. Yeah. No idea. One of us' well biggest songs. I don't know. I know. Seriously, uh, the breaker. I got. I got to say too, as 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 we evolve and and uh, more and more people get into breaking and and more people are opening up shops, which is a good sign. We were just talking about the uh, the breaking names. It just never ceased to amaze me uh, of the names people choose for their legitimate business. Yeah, I'm just gonna say no fire breaks. The, the best. <laughs> The be- no fire breaks and runner up smoke breaks. Yes, smoke that breaks. I mean, <laughs> I think we seen him on the uh, Zoom call we were on the other day. There, smoke breaks. Smoke, <laughs> smoke breaks. <laughs> no fire. Breaks, no fire breaks. But no fire breaks. But their slogan is "Don't let the name fool you." Creative. We pull fire. That's too long. First like, of all, there is a lot going on. If there. I'm a if I'm a new customer, I'm not reading your your your. 20 word slogan. I'm 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 looking at your at your like, that's your break name. You're telling me the there's no fire. Well, and you know and and there's a few of our friends that have names this way too, but like when we started Mojo Break, there was no Mojo parallels. And there there's still to this day is not a box called Mojo, right? So yeah. but there's been companies that have gone and there's still some around that have named their companies like Elite. It's like uh, so you're like you only breaking, you only breaking elite. <laughs> or, or, or our friends, our friends, Dynasty. I go in there, and I expect, you know, <laughs> Dynasty top, baseball. Tops Dynasty baseball. Uh, Dynasty. You know yeah. what I mean? How about bench warmers? Yes, there was bench warmers that didn't do the bench warmer product. <laughs> I think there was. Well, uh, our 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 our, uh, our guys, platinum. I mean, not our guys. What but about like, triple diamond? Well, that's not a product, is it? Da, da, diamond, diamond icons, diamond icons break. Well, there, I guess they're not. There diamond is, icons breaks, there but. is a, and I don't know what. What company in it? Come on, because there used to be a Panini came out with a, a company or a release called Pantheon. 
Pantheon, yes. There's there's a company that's doing a buyback product. They're calling their their buyback and, Pantheon. And it's called Pantheon. Pantheon. And I, I I don't even know if Panini knows about that. They they'd probably frown upon that, right? Could you could you name your company? I mean, I don't like Panini breaks or Top breaks. <laughs> I mean, don't think so. But you're like maybe with you think two Panini ends, would be pissed about that. <laughs> Panini top breaks. Yeah, top. imagine. Yeah, you're on Panini breaks breaking top series one. I don't yeah, think that would go well. Yeah. Well, and yeah. we've seen multiple people rip off like the rated rookie logos and their logos, or the the actual Panini logo as yeah. their logo. Yep. Um, so we've seen that uh, around the hobby, and, and there's been some interesting uh, uh, uses of, of creativity over the years. But uh, uh, do I think we got to let C Red go here? Right. We'll uh, see you guys in the next episode. We'll uh, finish this episode out for the next. You gonna go try the whip? I'll leave him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't think we have too many more things to cover in this unfiltered show, but I did want to. Touch back on buybacks. A um, lot of people doing buybacks. A lot of companies, a lot of breakers making buybacks. A lot of companies popping up in this uh, boom, so to speak. And I think as a buyer beware for your uh, for as a customer looking to buy into these because there is there is a great ROI on a lot of this. You know, you buy a box of Topps Chrome and say you spend two hundred fifty dollars and you get twenty dollars, and that's not a great ROI. Uh, a lot of these buybacks are. You know, the worst you're going to do is half your money back, which is better in certain scenarios. But I think what you need to look out for is to make sure that they have all the boxes made at once so they can't pack as they go. And when you buy it, they should be randoming the box. I watched one today. Guy said, which box do you want? And he, and he picked the bottom box. Who's to say that the best cards in the bottom box that everybody that's in the know is in the know and you just have your buddy buy it. I mean, you, there's a lot of things to consider what when do you're you, doing buybacks. What do you think needs to be the appropriate ROI for a buyback? I think the worst you should do is half your money back. Okay, because we, we saw, we were watching that same one today. We saw a $750 box yield a $75 card. Yeah. Um, that should never instill confidence in purchasing from that company or that buyback product ever again. Like you should never, I don't, I understand, I understand cards do go down, but that card would never sniffed $750. Right. That Unless card, there was like a $50,000 card in a run and that's, you got to make yeah, up for that. But, but I, that's but not, I, no, but that's I also, not no. but I also don't think that is, and there's probably like a segment of the hobby that would enjoy like, those ultra high ceiling cards and I'll, and I want that one chance at that card that could be like $10,000. So I will deal with most of the cards being like 75 to a hundred dollars, but I don't really feel like buyback products should be built that way. No. And, um, I, you know, this whole floor ceiling thing is a new, is a, uh, Netflix guy type deal that we never went to cause we put, we, we instilled confidence in our products and people knew they were getting value when we make them, when we do them only as breaks so that, it's built around breaks, um, but like, I think the floor ceiling thing makes it more confusing and allows more hanky panky in a sense that uh, you could put the floor and and people have to be okay with that. And I don't think you should be okay with that. I think the company that does it the best um, is is DA Card World, and and I know people have complained about their products. They make a lot of them, but they make it a pretty fair bet. You don't get completely killed. When you get a bad box, um, you may not have a $20,000 card, but for every one $20,000 card and a buyback, you got to have 
$140 cards to offset your cost. So that's the challenge is trying to find those nosebleed items, but still when somebody does bad, have an item that has potential that they're not going to get like buried on. And, I, I mean, I think we go back five, six years. I think, I think Leaf was by far the best in the industry yeah. when it came to buy. And backs. they've stopped. They haven't done as many lately. And, and I think, I think now, like I would agree, like hit parade probably is, is kind of leapfrogged them in that, in that buyback segment of the hobby. Um, but you can go on one of these live platforms and you could find 20 buyback products that I've never even heard of. I don't, I don't know where you buy them. Like that, that's another thing. The transparency is like, can I go to this website and buy this for myself? Can you give me a sell sheet? Can you give me anything about it, this product? No, I could only buy it from whatever break company. Nutsack in, breaks. In, insert, insert crazy name here i know us and layton had our spinoff company nutsack breaks but that's what i feel like is going on it's nutsack breaks and nuts volume one is you know what we're doing <laughs> the nut the nuts volume one yeah. the nut i mean that that actually probably is going to be taken the yeah, d's yeah. nuts box <laughs> yeah, nuts yeah boxes uh but you know i mean there's there's ways to uh but i i think i agree i think i think every card if you were to sell the boxes individually, and I, that's kind of how we see them digested now. Um, you go on, you go on all the e-commerce platforms, and most people are just—they're not doing them and digesting them in group breaks. They're—they're they're doing it as personals, right? And dome it, dome rips is what I think they're—they're they're called. Right? For your VCR people, doesn't it feel like Vegas vacation? Like how many fingers am I holding up? Doesn't it kind of feel like that sometimes when you're in those rooms? What's the number I'm thinking of? What's the number I'm thinking? See, I didn't even remember it. I wasn't even right on that. But it's like, here's my buyback box. What number am I thinking of? Oh, you got, you gave me 700 and you got a $60 card. But you know what? There's got to, and, and you always. Well, yeah, and then, and then there is a. The talk down. And then, yeah, then, there, then there's a, the next 10 minutes is talked about how this player like has a lot of upside. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's one of the best products. It's like. A good auto i think i think the grade you can resubmit it and it can get like it's just what can i do to basically talk you off the edge about how terrible of a purchase you just made um let me give you something for like 50 bucks and i literally i mean we were not even making it up because we saw it today we saw it today we saw it today we saw it today on the old knot um <laughs> i wanted to uh on the old dub dub knot, the dub knot. <laughs> I, I did want to c conclude this by saying, and um, maybe we all make our statement here. I am hopeful that this little bit of a dip that we are facing, which is based on the economy, will weed out a lot of this. Um, and you, the true hobbyists will stick around. Like I said, we've been we've been doing breaks since 2010. We've been doing podcasts since 2010. So we started out as you guys call it side hustle the netflix guys call it side hustle we started out as a side hustle but we loved doing it it grew into something much bigger than we would ever have imagined but in our hearts is this hobby so i think there's too many guys that if you opened up their chest there'd be money signs falling out all out of it and i'd like to see those guys kind of move on and go and find another get rich quick scheme that's going on in somewhere in society uh, he just he he Doug just became the get off my lawn guy. Just, I'm just saying, just, you, 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 
It's you own a card shop now. <laughs> that is, that is, Did that I transition is, that, to a VCR guy? Is, yeah, you actually just went <laughs> a to, Betamax. You just went, you just went VCR. You went VCR on us right now. Just, maybe Laserdisc. Okay, Laserdisc. No, you went VCR. You went full VCR. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong saying that though? Like, there's, there's, and, and and people may say, hey, this is coming from a guy that that you know a business that makes money that is making money on this hobby, but. I think you. we all have in our hearts here that work here, we have the hobby in our heart. We have sports in our heart. And we don't, like, look at the bottom line every day. We don't aren't concerned with that. We're concerned with the hobby as a whole. Yeah, I'm a – What do you think, Cody? I think that's very – I think that's a fair take. I think that, uh, to, you know, to, I don't want to speak for you guys, but that it's different when you are building something from the ground up and it takes years and years to get to a point where you guys have have put this company at uh, versus the sort of get rich and uh, you can technically the, build the room that we're in right now. No, we, we didn't build it. We, we had to put in. You get what I mean. <laughs> versus, I think there's a lot of people who've gotten a lot of success really fast, and it's not just the breakers. It's we've heard stories this week of you know I think we didn't even talk about it there's a lot of people in the hobby talking about star stock and how they're like well we're gonna take money out of your account sounds like they're going under we've had issues again don't want to point any fingers we've had issues with some of uh, some of these newer platforms that are out there where it's it, it does make you take a step back and reevaluate everything so a lot of stuff happened really really fast a lot of people made a lot of money really fast and a lot of people saw what was happening in this world and wanted to jump on it real quick. Um, but when you build it from the ground up for many years, and again, don't do it from a point of, I want to get rich quick. It was, I want to make a living doing this. Yeah. Like this is, it, and I think it just makes all the difference but, I mean, for how you in, look at the next few even years. In yeah. the, even in the time that we've been doing it, we've seen, we've seen peaks and valleys. Mm -hmm. Like we, I mean, we sit here and talk about this all the time. We're like, at, I mean, as far as the products performing, we're at the mercy of the rookie classes. We went three, four years in almost every category where the rookie classes were amazing. Perfect storm. So it was a perfect storm for this industry just to kind of take off. But like from 2010 to 2012, it was a completely different market. We saw a little bit of a peak in 2012 with with Andrew Luck and and Russell Will or Russell Wilson and RG three and like players like that and we saw it again like in 16 like 17 like wasn't big like big now looking back on it but there's always been these peaks and valleys and we kind of built that this business based on that a lot of these people who got in right now like they've only they've only lived through a peak and it was the biggest peak ever so it's hard to adjust and i'm actually I'm excited to see what happens in the next calendar year. I may not know how to uh, ski, but I got my skis on. I'm going down that mountain right now. I'm going. I'm. I'm going down it. I'm going down it, and I'm going to be on my feet when I hit the bottom of it. You're so you're 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 carving down the black mountain. I am. I'm, I'm carving I'm down. Carving, carving, it, man. carving down the black. May fall mountain. along the way, but hey, I'm going to get right back up. And I think something to keep in mind too, especially for those who are fairly new to it or coming back to this hobby, is Yes, it are things down from two years ago when, again, it was this almost impossible to reach peak, yeah. seemingly impossible to reach peak that happened two years ago. Yes, but overall, 
I guess I would look at, I will ask you guys, compared to five years ago, where you're at, where this industry is at right now, I got to imagine, beyond your wildest dreams oh, yeah. in a way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll never see something like the year 2020 ever again. I sure hope not. Like, like <laughs> well, you know, it's something. No, aspects, I mean, but you know, I'm, I mean, yeah. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, I'm talking about the industry. Yes, like, yes, we'll, yes, we'll never see that again. I mean, you would open up a pack of Prism, and every card would be like 50, 60 bucks on eBay, like base cards, like eighth year Curry, hundred and fifty bucks, like just insane. Like every card was worth something. Everything. You couldn't get enough of it. You couldn't get enough cards. I mean, it like, com- and it comes back around because this is nostalgic. Let's face it. Uh, the trading cards and nostalgic started early, late 1800s, and it's generational. And, and, and you know, you have us as kids in, the, in 89, you know, when the boom then, that we became adults and, 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 are, and close to our 40s that had money to spend on the hobby that we loved when we were kids. You're going to see the kids now when they're 40 probably relive their their uh, mosaic choice boxes and stuff like that you know what I mean so I think you're always going to have like upswings in the hobby when you have the nostalgia that really kicks in and takes over all right so Doug Doug has called it the next biggest sports card boom will be 2060 2045 get ready I'll take you down Vegas Dave (laughs) my prediction well I mean I think it'll be somewhere in between there yeah (laughs) Somewhere between now, 2020 and 2065. Yeah, somewhere, and I'm, yeah, safe to say. Safe to say on that. Well, if you would like to give some card lovers and some passionate people in this hobby some money, you can head on over to mojobreak.com, get in some breaks, mojobreakshop.com for your sealed wax needs. I still think we got some Black November deals going on, and we're doing daily deals on there too. You know, one of the benefits right now is products are fairly affordable, so you can find some great deals on mojobreakshop.com. We also are going to be doing another eBay Live December 14th, where there's going to be crazy deals on there as well. So, uh, till then, we, we will be practicing our Don Wests. And uh, make sure you guys subscribe here uh, on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening, or on YouTube. And we'll see you guys on next week's hype. Peace.